0: Listening to the Business of Baking podcast with Michelle Green, the small business podcast that's all about successfully running your own sweet food company without losing your mind. If you've ever brought dessert to a party and been told you can make a fortune selling those, then you're in the right place. This is an honest, straight talking podcast about the highs and lows of being in small business. Sealed by late nights, crazy client stories, and a permanent sugar high, we're going to listen, share, and learn our way to sweet business success. Here's your host, writer, speaker, recovering cake decorator, and incurable sweet tooth, Michelle Green.
1: Have you ever seen a cake decorator described as award-winning or a cake artist dec- described as you know multi-award-winning, internationally famous, this kind of thing, and wondered how that happens? In today's episode, that's what we're going to be talking about, competition, how to get into them, how to do them, should you even bother, and just competition in general, the emotional side of competing. Thanks for listening to the Business of Baking podcast. Let's talk about competition. So a couple of weeks ago, I came back from Cake International, which, if you are not aware, is the biggest cake show in the world, and it's held in Birmingham in the UK every year in November. There are other cake shows in the world, of course, but this is considered kind of the, the golden one because it's, it's just massive. It's huge. In fact, it's, it's massively overwhelming as well. I actually, it's a three-day show, and after a couple of hours on the second day, I actually had to leave <laughs> and go have a coffee because it was very people in there. It was like a lot of people. You have to stand in line to see stuff. And one of the major hallmarks of Cake International is that it's got this huge competition. And this year there were, I believe, 1,500 competition pieces submitted in everything from sugar flowers to royal icing to, you know, tiered cakes to cupcakes. I mean, it's it's just the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. And for any of you who follow me on social media, I did post a couple of my favorites on Instagram in case you want to go and check that out. But it was truly a remarkable experience. And I have to say that being around all that beautiful artwork honestly made me feel a little, I don't want to say like rubbish, but I felt a bit rubbish because I thought there's no way that I ever would have been able to compete on this level. This work is just so unbelievable and incredible. It's jaw-droppingly beautiful, but I also found myself kind of going, there's no way I would have entered one of these. Like there's just no way, which is an interesting commentary on me really and how I feel about my skills as a decorator. But in any case, I also found myself feeling kind of a bit, I don't know if the word is sad. I don't know if that's quite right. Because while I appreciated and admired the artistry, so many of those things, it would be hard to call it cake or it would be hard to call it Anything other than sculpture or artwork, really. I mean, the medium is, of course, edible, but the way that these things look, they felt so far from, yeah, they they felt so far from, I guess, what I think of as cake. And in my head, I want things to look, you know, delicious and amazing and beautiful. And some of these were just so untouchably incredible that I found myself kind of going, I get that it's edible, but what about this belongs in a cake competition? These things should be in museums. These things should just be in, in normal art competitions. I mean, they were just beautiful. It was incredible. And one of the things I found very entertaining about uh, the competition is when you when you walk around and you see all these things on the tables and whatever, obviously it's a mixture of professional cake artists who are looking at these things and a mixture of just like the general public who comes to the cake show because it's really interesting to look at and obviously the judges are walking around and it's it's really interesting not just to look at the beautiful pieces that are there but also to listen to what people are saying and the commentary that they have and <laughs> admittedly we're all a little bit judgy which is kind of hilarious that we're judgy about these things that we could not possibly aim to even do but very fascinating to me is the fact that as you Walk around, the reactions range from total disbelief that this is sugar, that you know, you know, how dare this person, you know, win when there were others in that category that were so much better. There's a lot of like disbelief, like I can't believe that one won, or I can't believe that one lost, or I can't believe that these things are edible. I can't believe that, you know, there was a lot of disbelief. And then the other kind of disbelief was from people who had entered the competition who were rubbishing themselves going, I can't believe that I won compared to this person who I think is better. So it's very fascinating to listen to what people people say. Some of them are in disbelief that they lost. Like how could I lose when mine was clearly the best? Some people are in disbelief that they won. How did I win when those other people were clearly the best? And, and most of us are in disbelief that these things are sugar. And of course, then there's always the kind of like sadness where you, when you see the little sign that says, you know, this one was disqualified or this one was damaged in transport or whatever. And you, you just want to cry for these people because, you know, you're sure that they spent weeks or months or however long it is creating these beautiful creations and then only to have it damaged and transport. It's like so heartbreaking, you know? So it occurred to me, by the way, that there's kind of, I sort of think there's a couple of different types of competition in life. Now, obviously this is a cake competition. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering, the way that you get into these things is you get in touch with your local cake competition, wherever you are in the world, there's usually one somewhere. I know that cake and international actually attracts people from all over the world so those entries were not all english lots of them were from other parts of europe and asia there was a really big showing from the asian countries this year which was amazing but most cake competitions you can enter simply by applying and you basically fill out an application form you pay the fee to enter and then you submit your artwork and and you or you submit your piece and you just follow the instructions the thing i will say about entering cake competitions is that you have to follow the instructions and sometimes those instructions those instructions are not very clear at all so it's a really good thing that if you're going to do this if you want to get into the competition circuit you actually get in touch with other cake people who have done these things before because sometimes they're sort of hidden secrets you know things that are not obvious in the rules but are obvious to somebody who's done it before who learned because they got disqualified for something now whether or not i think you should enter them you know, that's a really interesting one for me. And maybe that that speaks to how I feel about, about this concept of competition from an emotional level. So I'm going to answer that as we go along. But let me just say, I think there's basically two types of competition. So one is competition against yourself. So sometimes that can be a really good thing, right? Because you challenge yourself to try new things, try new experiences, you know, push the boundaries of what you think you're capable of. Sometimes you can compete with yourself to get yourself to work faster. And anybody who's heard me on this uh, podcast or anything else knows that I'm constantly talking about the fact that we all work too slow. So in that case, competition against yourself or you're challenging yourself to work faster is a great thing. Sometimes that competition to ourselves or with ourselves rather is not, a great thing because we end up being so hard on ourselves and we end up holding ourselves to such a high standard that it ends up being kind of another vehicle by which we beat each other up so competing with yourself i think has some positive aspects and also has some negative aspects then of course there's competing against other people so when we try to measure ourselves against other people Again, sometimes we can use it as a motivator, right? If you entered a piece in a competition and you didn't get the gold or silver or whatever it is you wanted, that can sometimes be a really great opportunity to look at the ones that did get gold and silver and go, okay, what did they do that I can incorporate next time? And you can use that as a motivator. You know, I didn't get where I wanted to be this time. How can I get to be where I want, ne- where I want to be next time? And you can use competition with others as a motivator. But sometimes what this means is we're comparing our ideals to unrealistic ideals. I'm not saying that you're not going to be as good as that other person, but sometimes what other people achieve and what's important to other people are not what are important to us, right? Sometimes we look at things on social media and we think, Oh my God, I wish I had a store like hers, or I wish I had a, I don't know, as huge a following as she has. Or I wish I could do wedding cakes the way he does or whatever. And the problem with that is that we're comparing ourselves to other people's values and other people's ideals and other people's metrics of success. And like, what is the point of that? If you are not somebody who wants a storefront, it's okay to look at somebody else's storefront and go, oh, that's beautiful for her. But if you're comparing your home-based business to somebody else's storefront, it's like comparing apples and oranges. You know, it doesn't suit everybody to run a business a certain way. So... I think competition with other people can be a really good thing when we use it as a motivator or we use it as, you know, a reason to be happy for other people. But I don't think it's great when we're comparing ourselves to either unrealistic ideals or things that just aren't as important to us. So. Healthy competition is a good thing when that competition brings value to our lives and pushes us to move further and pushes us to try other things and really acts as a positive force for good motivation. But I think that competition can become very unhealthy when what we're doing with it is using it as a way to just destroy our souls even further. For me on a personal level, Competition is like a, kind of a, not a big part of my life, but it's an important part of my life. And that personally, I'm massively, massively competitive, but I tend to be more competitor with myself than with others. And the reason that is, is that I'm very much grounded in practicality and in, um, results. Like I want to actually see tangible results for things. So I've never been competitive on what I call value metrics. So what I mean by that is I've never looked at somebody else's Facebook and gone, Oh my God, they've got a hundred thousand followers. I want that many. And then worked to get that because for me, once I got that hundred thousand followers, like then what do I like pop open my own bottle of champagne do I like rip up my own sleeve of Oreos? Like the world is still going to spin when I get to a hundred thousand. <laughs> to me, it's not something celebratory worthy. And so to me, it's therefore not really competition worthy. So I've never been somebody who compares on metrics or money or any of those kind of like vanity metrics is not a thing for me. That That's not a competitive world I want to be in. However, when I do compete, I want to compete to win and I want to win something. So whatever that is, be that money or a certificate or, you know, a whole lot of glory or the ability to like put on my website, like winner of the 2007 awesome award or whatever, that's what I want. I want a tangible celebratory thing. I don't want to compete on random stuff that means nothing to anybody. So for me, if I'm going to actually enter into competition, you know, you bet your butt it's going to be something that actually has some actual recognition to it. But I will say that if I do enter into a competition, or sometimes, by the way, people vote you into things that you have nothing to do with. Like over the years, I've gotten various emails being like, Michelle, you're a finalist in the something, something category of the something, something. And I'm like, oh really? I don't recall being in that. So sometimes you get stuck into things that you don't intend to get stuck into. But for me, when I lose, I still try to find the lesson in it, or I still try to find the silver lining. So... I will always, if I do enter a competition, which admittedly these days is pretty rare, but if I enter into a competition and I lose or I don't get the result I wanted, which is of course always to win, but if I don't get the result I wanted, I will always ask for feedback. I will always ask the judges for feedback. I'll always read the review sheets if there are review sheets. I always take the time to go and find out how could I have done better or what did I just not do that was quite right. And sometimes the answer is really frustrating because it actually has nothing to do with you. It has just something to do with how the judge felt on the day or some like really minor thing that you couldn't have changed. But sometimes the feedback they give you is really, really useful, right? And so although I've not entered any cake competitions in quite a while, I always find it really interesting when people lose and rather than see that as a learning opportunity, they go off on some crazy rant about how the judges don't know what they're talking about and the judges are being really harsh and the judges are being really unfair and they like to kind of shove the blame onto someone else. Now, while it might be possible that those judges were really harsh this year or really unfair this year, really whatever, ultimately you have no control over that. So if I'm going to enter into a competition and I'm going to want to get better, I'm going to want to find out what can I do to affect the outcome better next time. Now, sometimes the answer is nothing. So part of why I was in, the UK for Cake International was to attend the Cake Masters uh, Award Ceremony, which is a really fun event. It's like, they call it the Oscars of the cake world. I, I think that's drawing a little bit of a long bow, but it is certainly the most elegant and, and beautiful of these kind of events that we have. And I went to support my friends who are in the industry. And I also went because I was nominated in the best book category. And I'm not going to lie, I was, really, I was really excited to be nominated for that but i wasn't excited because it was like yay me i'm a finalist in this award i was excited because it meant that i'm finally finally breaking through our crazy industry i was the only non cake book in in a you know cake award ceremony book category like that's unbelievable to me and I was really proud of that and so I didn't intend to uh, it shouldn't that's not fair it's not that I didn't intend to win I thought my chances of winning were pretty much slim to none in part because it was judged entirely by cake artists (laughs) and here I was as a business book right and in part because in the email I got congratulating me for being a finalist, it asked me for 10 photos of my best work. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can send you 10 selfies. <laughs> I don't really have pretty photos. And so it's a little hard to compete in a visual medium when you have no visual things to contribute to the, to the discussion. So I, you know, I, I went in there knowing that I was not going to win or thinking I was not going to win, which oh, by the way is also the wrong attitude to have, but I'm human too. And I went in there going, I'm not going to win this thing. But I went in there going, but the really cool thing is that I'm even in that group. Of the many dozens of books that are produced each year in our industry, to be one of four and to be a non-cake book was a really big deal to me. So I actually saw that as a victory, even though I didn't walk away with the little, you know, crystal statue or whatever. And it was really amazing to be included. So I guess that's the lesson I want everybody who enters a competition to to, to have, is that you have to look for... The silver lining, or you have to look for the lesson in it, or you have to look for the gratitude in it, because one of those things, if not all of those things, is always going to be in there. Now, people ask me all the time, should they spend time entering the competitions? Like, are competitions even worth it? And I guess I can see both pluses and minuses to entering. Like on the plus side, I do think it forces you out of your comfort zone. I think it is great to be judged on what you hope is an independent platform. You know, you're not being judged by customers or other, you know, competitors or other cake decorators. You're being judged on an an independent platform. So I do think that there are, are positives to it. And, and also, if you win or even if you place, it is also nice from a marketing point of view to say award-winning cake decorator or to be able to say, you know, bronze medalist in the whatever category of the what other competition. So I think it is quite nice. And it has some positives to it. The negatives to it is that it often takes up an ocean load of time because you do want to push yourself, right? So you're going to try new techniques. You're going to try new designs. You're going to think about this a lot more. It can be a massive, massive time suck. So that's probably one of the negatives. The other negative is that you are kind of bound by the rules of the competition. And sometimes those rules don't necessarily fit in with how you do things or how you want to do things. So you're, you're playing a game, but you're playing a game by somebody else's rules. And the third thing is that people have a tendency to think, oh, I'm going to win this award and this award is going to like change my life or, you know, suddenly catapult me into like the, I don't know, super high mega amazing cake decorated category. And the truth of the matter is, unless you're winning one of the super big shows and you're winning like best in show for one of those super big shows, it's really unlikely to happen. And even then, a month later, are people going to remember that? So it often doesn't come with the exposure or excitement or long-term positive gain that you would otherwise hope that it would. So sometimes I think people enter into these things, they invest all this time and money, and then it's not a sure bet, right? You don't even know. And a really good example of this at the moment is television competitions. Now, a couple of years ago, you know, it was a special thing to be on Cake Wars or on, um, you know, Next Great Baker or whatever those shows are. It was, it was, it was a more special, unique, I guess we'd say exclusive kind of thing. And these days, there are so many of those shows and so many people entering into them that it's become, frankly, a lot less special. It's still nice for those people to be able to say, I was a finalist on Cupcake Wars but it's become, I don't want to say commonplace, but not that far from commonplace. You know, a few years ago when I was teaching in the US, people talked about the people on TV as though they were gods. And these days when I teach in the US, it's not unusual at all in any one class to have two or even three people who have been on TV shows. And they're like, yeah, it was fun. And that's kind of like all they have to say about it. So I think if you go into competitions as an opportunity to push and stretch yourself artistically, an opportunity to do something outside of your comfort zone and just a bit of fun, you can't really go wrong. But I think if you go into competition with this desperate desire to become famous off the back of it or to you know, use it as the cornerstone by which you hang your hat or whatever, then I think it's probably not the right reason. If you've got the time and you've got the inclination and it's a little bit of fun, by all means, go for it. But if you're going to use it as your main gateway into fame, I think that ship has probably sailed. And I think if you're going to use it as a way to beat yourself up, that's probably not the best reason to go into into a competition of any kind, really. The last official, actually, I've been in a few... Uh, when I was in culinary school. And interestingly, I will never forget this. Actually, I went into, I, I rarely enter competitions, by the way, because I am so competitive that they stress me out something crazy. And again, I told you, I'm not going to enter into a competition where there's no, like, I want a certificate on the wall, right? I want like some kind of end result. Anyway. So when I was in culinary school, I entered into a cooking competition. And I made it past the first round and I made it past the second round and the third round. I actually ended up with a bronze medal and that bronze medal actually still lives in my kitchen and I'm super proud of it. And I remember at the time thinking like, this is the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Like this is worse than giving birth to triplets. It was, the pressure was unbelievable. And this was honestly a tiny, like itty bitty you know, school-based competition. I mean, uh, people from other schools came, but it wasn't like you know I was winning an Oscar or something. And I remember thinking at the time, like, you will never convince me to do this kind of competitive thing again because the stress level is just through the freaking roof. But one of the things I learned from that is that now when I watch Cake Wars or Master Chef or any of those things, and I see people stressing out you know, sweating bullets, crying, dropping stuff, whatever. I totally get it now. I have a new appreciation for the fact that those experiences are often, you know, pressure cookers. And it's definitely not for the faint of heart. So if it's your thing, go for it. And I just wanted to finish up today's episode by telling you, probably one of the nicest things I've ever learned about competitions. So I had the, for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, uh, I interviewed Bronwyn Weber about this. And, and I just want to repeat it because it was such a beautiful thing. I did my research on her before I met her. I've had the great honor of meeting her in person, and she is as lovely and divine in person as you might imagine. And I said to Bronwyn, hey, I read online that you are the Food Network's most winning competitor in the history of that network. And she laughed and she said, yes, but has anybody ever told you that I'm probably also the most losing competitor they've ever had? And just in that moment, I kind of went, oh my God. Well, firstly, nobody's ever told me that. And secondly, you know what? There's always two sides to every story. I'd always rather win at life than win at a cake competition, right? But it struck me as interesting that, you know, no matter how many wins or losses she has, that's not what she hangs her hat on, right? She hangs her hat on the fact that every day she makes her customers happy, she achieves beautiful things for them, and, and she makes a living for herself and her family. So yeah, it was a little bit of Bronwyn Rubber, realness, I have to say. She really kind of put me, she very gently and kindly put me back in my box that winning is great, but it never tells the whole story. So next time you find yourself wanting to enter a competition, if you're doing it for a little bit of fun, a little bit of love and a little bit of motivation, I say go for it. But if you're going to use it as an excuse to make yourself miserable, yeah, let's just, let's just not go there. I'd love to know, though, if you've entered a competition and what it was like. So feel free to get in touch. I'm always happy to get emails. I'd love to hear your story. And if you had the glory of being at Cake International or if you ever have the opportunity to to go. I highly recommend it. It is very people-y <laughs> and very chaotic, but it also is the home of some of the most stunning edible art you've ever seen in your life. And it really is awe-inspiring and it's a great experience. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today, guys. I hope that there's nobody out there competing on the podcast world. I'm joking. (laughs) There's like, I don't know, a million podcasts now, but there's only one Business of Baking and you're choosing to listen to it. And so I'm very grateful. And I feel like, hey, I've won already just because you're here listening. Thanks so much for listening to the episode today. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business of Baking podcast. You can find show notes, links, and other fun stuff for this and previous episodes at thebizofbaking.com. Until next time, may your oven stay evenly hot, your ganache never split, and may you always be in the business of being awesome.